there and welcome to the Unlikely Artist Podcast, where I'll teach you how to gain the freedom you need to become who you want, instead of who you've been telling yourself you need to be. I'm Heather Kerr. I went from international tax to art and coaching because those are the things I've been yearning to do. Listen in to find out how you can start doing what you love to in slow, easy steps each week. Let's dive in now. So hello, Savvy Souls. So today I'm going to be your coach and I am going to challenge you a little bit. So I want you to step into my thoughts about you for a moment and it might feel a little uncomfortable and you might not even believe me. But when I see you, when I meet you, when I talk to you, I don't see you as you are now. I don't see you with all those limitations. I don't indulge in your stories of how you're not enough. I see you as who you are really. I see that voice inside of you that's urging you to believe something about yourself and I'm believing in it. I'm believing in what it's urging you to consider. I see you as an amazing, highly individual, highly valuable human being as you are now and as you yearn to become. So it really pains me when you tell me, as so many of you do, I don't want to be too big for my britches. Who do I think I am anyway? I'm a fraud. Oh, I could never do that. Oh, no, no. Other people could do that. Like, that's not for me. I'm not like that. I, I'm not like those other people. These are incredible, talented people who tell me these things. So, you know, it's not just you. I've had these thoughts all my life too. I've had a lifetime of stories of holding myself, not leaping at opportunities that I was dying to do. I was always thinking there are other people who are more deserving, better qualified, more talented, and just more generally valuable than me who will fit in better. And, you know, I still have those stories sometimes. It's just part of being a human. But becoming a painter really did help me in a really big way. Before I was a painter, I'd gone to university for nine years to study all the stuff I did to become an international tax lawyer. I was really overeducated in many ways for the job I needed to do. So when I became a painter, no, no art school at all, no training at all. I hadn't painted since I was 11. No, none of the basic things I should know about art history, no decades of experience. All I took with me, all I took with me was this burning desire inside me to paint. And so because I was starting off that way, I approached things differently because I had to. So what I did was I allowed ideas to come to me. I'd meditate for a little bit before I was going to paint, or I'd go down to the lakeshore in Toronto to a quiet spot and I'd walk in nature 
or I do anything to just kind of get my negative thinking brain out of the way, my questioning, judging brain, and ask myself, just allow, Heather, can you just allow these ideas to come? And I would get to the point where I would just allow things to flow through me and I would just dip my brush into the canvas. <laughs> I would just dip my brush into the paint and let it flow onto the canvas. And I never asked, who am I to do this? I was doing it. So I started to ask myself, who am I not to do this? And eventually, I actually became really glad I had no training because I would meet other artists. I would meet people who had years of university art-oriented studies and they knew all the things and they knew who all the artists were and they knew what they were, get this, supposed to be doing. And that seemed to be something that they took with them that they had to do things a particular way. And what so many of them did was they judged themselves against this whole universal field of art history. And they look at their work and they say, where would my stuff in? And how could I possibly measure up to all these people? And so they hold themselves back. I met so many people who said, oh, I could never show my work publicly like you do. Like, you're a skilled artist, but like, yeah, I've dabbled in it for 20 years. But, you know, I'm not good enough to show my work publicly. And I'm thinking in my head, wow, you're probably way more experienced and way more technically proficient than I am. And the only difference between you and me is you're telling yourself, who are you to do it? And I'm I'm asking myself, who am I not to? That's the only difference. So I love my clients. Like I have the best coaching clients and 100% of them. And yes, if you're listening to this podcast and you're one of my clients, it includes you absolutely. Every one of them is incredibly intelligent, engaging, and talented. They all have amazing things to give the world. But when I start with each of them, they're holding themselves back. In the beginning, they just can't imagine being successful doing what they really want to do. They believe that someone else would be more qualified or funny or creative or more athletic or fit or knowledgeable or fit in better. And they wonder, who am I to think I can do that? Who am I to think I could create this amazing thing in my life? I've been thinking about this a lot, especially during this period of COVID, the ways that we put ourselves in these categories of, oh, I couldn't do that. And COVID, the reason it's brought, brought it up for me in COVID so strongly is COVID's been the great equalizer. So many of us have been restricted to just, you know, the social media platforms. And that includes uh, a lot of very famous celebrities who have taken this period 
to start putting out their philosophical videos out into the world on YouTube. So I've watched these people, they're famous actors, famous comedians, celebrities, and they talk. They talk about their ideas. Um, they talk about things that they think will help people and they get personal and they talk about their own fears and their own anxieties. And it's just so clear that these really incredibly talented people that we look up to just all have just ordinary human brains. They all feel anxious. They all feel scared. They all doubt themselves. And what's different between them and us is they have those thoughts and they say, yeah, I, but I can create this. So I'm going to do it. And they go out and they put their stuff out into the world. And so they get recognized. I was also thinking about when I started, when I was a tax lawyer and I started to work on the larger accounts, I started to work with some of the Canada's biggest banks. And when I first used to meet people in the C-suite, by C-suite, I guess that's industry jargon, you know, the chief executive officers or the chief financial officer or people at that very, very senior level who in the business world, they're kind of like our um, celebrities. And I used to, if I was in a meeting with them and somebody asked me to explain something to them, I would be kind of tongue-tied and I would kind of blush. That was at the beginning because in my mind, these people had achieved these incredible things. They were so superior to me. Who was I to say anything to them? But as I got involved in these accounts and it became regular for me to talk to people at that level, I realized, wait a minute, these are just all ordinary people. They have some things they're really amazing at, and they also have some weaknesses and some things that they're not so good at, but they have this tremendous desire to do something. They have this tremendous desire to build something. So they've risen up the ranks and they're at their, these senior level positions in these companies just from their internal desire. So all of, all of the people that we look up to, whether we're looking at performers or business leaders or scientists or artists or you know, humanitarians or activists, they're just people who have allowed themselves to create, allowed themselves to listen to their desires and let it bubble up and out into the world. So if you've ever had these thoughts about something you'd want to do, but you've been holding yourself back, some experience you want in your life, I want you to challenge yourself. I want you to think about the thing you're yearning to do that you're too scared to try as a gift you've been given. So what that desire in you to do that thing is, is it's telling you that that gift is there for you 
and to please take it and run with it. So as you're probably meeting some resistance, especially if your ideas are what you consider too big for you, I want you to consider this. <laughs> Sorry, but I'm going to be blunt. No, it's not all about you. It's what it's about what you can do when you march forward with your gifts. So who are you to deprive the world of your gifts? So if you're 27 and you've just finished law school and you're yearning to work for the UN on humanitarian causes, who are you not to create that? Who are you to tell yourself, oh, I could never qualify? Who are you to tell yourself, oh, they would never accept, accept me there? If that's your yearning, go out and figure out how to do it. Or if you're 60 and you've been a stay-at-home mom and you haven't had a career, but you've had life experiences, you've had pain, you've gotten over issues, you've helped your children, and you have a yearning to write the story of your life and you want to make it a bestseller, who are you not to create that? Who are you to hold back that gift from the world, from all the people that could help be inspired by your story, learn some way to overcome their problems by listening to how you overcame your problems? Or if you've been a busy executive who's never had time to do anything personal and you've never sculpted before and you've never had time for any training, who are you not to become an award-winning sculptor named one of the best art of, artists of the year by a major British magazine? And if that little fantasy sounds a little bit far off, last November when I was participating in a local art show, I met this man out in Prince Edward County where I live who was that busy executive with no time, had just retired and took up sculpting and he started doing amazing, beautiful, beautiful sculptures, sculptures with rock and with very little experience. And he discovered that this really important Brit British art magazine had named him one of the best artists of 2020. So who, who would he have been to not give that gift to the world, not give the beauty of those sculptures to the world? So I really want you to take this in and think about it for you yourself and ask yourself these two questions. First, what do you really yearn to do? If there were no limitations on what you could do, what would you be doing? What would feed your soul? What would light you up? And then after you've asked yourself those questions and answered honestly, not holding yourself back, ask yourself, who am I not to create that? What if I could be helping someone? What if I could be offering beauty or encouragement or healing 
or whatever it is you could be doing. Please take in those questions and really think about them. Don't just dismiss this podcast. Don't say this podcast isn't for me. This episode is for you. This message is exactly for you. So I hope you enjoy thinking about that. I hope you enjoy your week. And if you enjoyed this episode, if you're enjoying what you've been hearing on this podcast, I would so appreciate it if you would subscribe on iTunes and write me a review. Or if you aren't on iTunes, just subscribe so you can hear me and never miss another episode. So see you next week. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together. We'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want.